Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV, and I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. Alright guys, tonight we're covering the next three episodes of Daredevil, 7, 8, and 9. Those are Semper Fidelis, Guilty as Sin, and 7 Minutes in Heaven. Okay. Compared to the last three, what do you feel about Blows them out of the water. Not, not even close. I totally agree. This was mucho better. I feel like the plot was extremely moved. We moved a lot. Yeah, um, we learn a ton in these episodes. Uh, we find out Electra backstory. I mean, I think that helps the previous episodes, like I was saying in the last pod. Right, because I remember last time I was talking about how I was a little, little iffy about Electra, like on why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Of course, we find out that she's been working with Stick the whole time. Just pretty much a mole for Stick to get Matt back, which makes perfect sense. Agreed, agreed. Um we get to see Fisk again, which is awesome. Another great introduction. I thought he was done beautifully last time. And I think he might have been done a little bit better this time when he's introduced. What do you think? It's just cool to see him in prison. It's cool to see him wanting to be a boss man in prison and kind of stay there. Well, he and almost work from behind the scenes. He almost didn't want to. But then like the current kingpin, I say that with quotations, just kind of kept pushing him a little bit more and he realized something needed to be done. Well, he also realized that he can make moves from prison. True. And he's safe in prison. So it's like, I can make moves here. I'm in a like controlled environment. I feel like he likes where he's at now. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of playing Monopoly where you go to jail and you got hotels all over the board. And you're like, yeah, just keep feeding me I'll my money. I'll just sit here. It's nice, <laughs> you know. Um, we also get some awesome Yakuza stuff. We learned about the hand. Yep, and the chase. About the chase. Um, and who is lying with who and all of that good stuff. Yeah, the the stuff with the hand, they give us kind of some brief details on them. You know, some minor stuff about... Well, I, I mean, realize their past stuff and that they're ancient group and all that stuff. And they discovered uh, immortality. Well, that... That conversation he had with him, I, I know I'll just save that for when we actually right. dive in. Right, this is just in. basic yeah, broad overview. overview. Um, but we don't necessarily find out how they found that found recipe. out about immortality. Yeah. You know, they don't. We don't know the method yet. Okay. Um, well, we learn it a little bit, kind of towards the we end. We see something. You yeah. know, we see some blood bags, like Mad Max style. Um, but we don't know what that's feeding mm-hmm. yet. Um, I don't know. I think the prison stuff was excellent with Frank. The courtroom scenes were really well done. I mean, that was something we were both looking forward to. Absolutely. And it did not disappoint. No, I think it was great. I liked seeing Foggy being the main focus of it. Even when they brought Matt in, he gets kind of cut short. And Frank takes over the show, you know? Yeah. Um, so I like to see Foggy get his play. It's um, almost like Matt's not a character. They, if he's not Daredevil, they kind of push him to the side and let other people shine a little bit, and I'm okay with that. I am too, because i got to be honest, when I, when he is Matt, I care very little. He's very awkward. Yes, and I think he's playing that to a point, but a lot of the scenes, I, I feel like he falls a little shorter of his counterparts. Yeah, you know? I mean, I understand he's playing a blind person, and there's only so much he can do, and he does it to the best of his ability, but... Right. They they want to hide that and push that to the back, and I think they do a good job with that. Absolutely, but um, look, we'll just we'll just dive into some episodes now. Um, 
because I know these tend to run long, so we'll try to get going. But episode seven, what was it called again? Semper Fidelis, and I'm sorry, Marines, if I am mispronouncing that. Absolutely. Well, we had a weird time with this one because for some reason my Netflix shot forward like 23 minutes, and I missed the very beginning. So we went back and watched that before we did this, and uh, I missed a lot. Yeah, this is very fresh in our minds now. (laughs) (laughs) We get some cool stuff with a nasty-ass hacker. Um, I mean, before that, we get probably my favorite opening scene of the entire series. Oh, jury selection. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. I don't Um, know if any of y'all are big Boondock Saints fans, but it felt like the very end of that where they're jumping and cutting and... Some are praising them, and some are throwing them under the bus and driving over them. Absolutely. This is a cool... St- I like this type of stuff. As a matter of fact, I had jury duty a couple weeks ago. How'd that go? Well, I got out of it. <laughs> um, I'm the sole provider for a family of five, so the judge let me off. There we but, go. But in a way, I was kind of a little dicey about it because I was in big boy court. Oh. This was like a capital crime court. That so, would have been fun to sit in on. So I would have liked to sit on it, but it probably would have been some horse shit like insurance fraud or something like that that just would have been boring as hell no punishers no i don't think there's any punishers in the news lately that i missed out on okay uh but i love this part i, I wish i could have just sat in to see this where they actually question the jurors and mm-hmm. you find out how biased and unbiased certain people are but when i something thought that like was very this, real oh absolutely because i can think about my hometown you know i know we live in kind of just bumfuck egypt but <laughs> everybody would have such a divisive opinion on that. There's no middle ground on it. No. And uh, personally, myself, I probably would have been siding with the Punisher saying, good for him. You know, let's get more criminals off the street. But I know it's, it's tough because when you hear the police talk about how they're, you know, undermined completely. And that is something that is very risky and we do not want. Absolutely. Because if everybody feels it's okay to be a vigilante, then no one is safe at all. Yeah, then you know. everybody's a criminal in the eyes of the vigilantes. Absolutely. So, we but, get a really cool opening juror scene. We get the hacker scene. Yeah. Um, this is kind of neat, because this is where we first get Elektra is really bugging into Matt's like professional career. Like, Something constantly. Potentially hurts him. Because, I mean, she calls him off the case... And yep. keeping them laid out at night, and it eventually catches up to them a little bit. It's like being Daredevil is the wedge, and she's the hammer. And she's just driving that wedge between his friends. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And Karen, who's the relationship now. So it's like... And like you said, you know, why do you get involved with someone who's going to want to know where you are at night and do all these things? And it's slowly starting to catch up. Yeah, it's just biting him in the ass every turn. You know what I mean? Because he can't explain his absences. No. And even the excuses he does give are just Poor. unacceptable yeah. in, in what kind of case they're doing right now. Case I mean, of the century. A third grader could come up with better excuses at this point. Absolutely. But, so we get... and Well, I mean, like they're, I mean, most of that hacker scene was just cannon fodder for me. But when they were interrogating him against that glass window, uh, that was something that caught my eye a little bit. I really like the decision. This was good writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is a cool way for somebody who doesn't want to kill to put the fear of death into somebody. Like, severely put it in. Yeah, I mean, they put the fear of God into him. You know, last season when he dangled the guy over the edge of the building and then dropped him into a dumpster, you that know, was that a- was... That's about as far as he'll go, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, there's a re- read bar somewhere this episode. I agree. I agree. Um, 
but there's some stuff, you know, I mean, it's like, this is a cool way of writing in mm. a way of him being able to be terrifying. And, and it was. Oh, it was great. The glass cracking looked really well done. You could tell it's CG. He's not really cracking yeah. it. Well, um, I mean, the thing was like, what, three inches thick by the Yeah, way? when he touches it and it finally shatters and you see that thing. I mean, that's, that's some super thick glass. Some hurricane glass. I, mean, I would say it's a, as close to bulletproof as possible. Probably so, yeah. Um, but this guy's nasty. He he basically encrypts stuff for the Yakuza. Yeah. So he gives them the code, the code to how to crack the encryption, which they, leads them to a train car. And it was actually pretty cool because he gave it to Matt, and he was like, "Here, you can do it." And he's like, "No, you do it." Yeah. And so it's like playing on him being blind, and then he doesn't even look at the piece of paper; just immediately hands it over to Electra. And yeah. so I mean, it was like little things like that that I was looking for. Yeah, it's really neat. They sometimes they don't miss the details. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. You know, when you see Electra's cut. It kind of bothers me a little bit where he like walks up and immediately grabs her arm, you know, things like that. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. I realize you have some serious senses here, but why, how do you know that the arm is cut? Like I would have missed that. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, I, I don't, cause it wasn't bleeding or anything and it was just like immediate, like you said, just immediately went there with no blood pulsing or any thing yeah, done in. Yeah. And it was just kind of a, a dribbly cut. So it was kind of a little whatever, <laughs> but le- basically talking about that, they end up at a train car. All right, all the train cars are empties except for one, and it's full of dirt. Mm-hmm. Now, me and you both think that the uh, that I get, the dirt is probably hiding, kind of like you hide drugs with coffee grounds. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining the dirt is holding that thing, Nobu. That they're pumping nine. all the blood into. Right, the little vessel or I don't know what to call it, a tomb looking thing. Yeah, we'll call it a tomb. Yeah, so i'm assuming that's what's maybe in there yeah i mean we have no idea but that's the best guess we can have and if anyone has a better one please let us know absolutely um so once again let's just continue on their story real quick and just go to that fight scene that they had afterwards yeah and i'm kind of with you on this one i was non too impressed with this fight scene it's very interesting how their electros and daredevils is a lot more superhero-ish like we see you don't necessarily see the wires but you see them doing more wire work and a lot more missed punches than you do with the punisher yeah there's scene. one scene where daredevil appears to jump flat-footed at, <laughs> at the camera you know what i'm talking about yeah like leaps out at, at somebody and like tackles 20 30 them. feet and I'm like, uh, I can't call that one realistic. No, and I mean they're jumping up. I mean she what jumped up that trade in two steps. Oh yeah, she's springing off there like a spider. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and which I mean, I'll let, even let that slide slightly because I have seen some insane acrobats and yeah. stuff pull something like that off. But I've never seen anybody jump flat footed <laughs> twenty feet directly in front of them. And tackle somebody. No, they look like the 49ers are looking to draft them at this point. No, the God, they could use them, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, do you think there's a reason why we're seeing a little bit more wire work with them? I think they're trying to play up the fact that these two are badasses. Mm-hmm. But i got to be honest, this fight scene didn't do much for Electra, in my opinion. She got really tired. She got beat up a little bit a couple times. She's um, very weak. In she this was thing. in danger a couple times where Daredevil had to kind of save her. And she uh, doesn't have her weapon. She doesn't have a what? What are the, the size yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a little curious why they're you've made the decision to make her a little weaker. It seems to me, and I'm not quite sure about that yet either. And well, I mean, we know that she needs Matt because she said that, and he's the best fighter that she knows. But like you said, it doesn't make much sense to make her this weak. Yeah, you know, the only thing, and I'll give her this. I'll play devil's advocate on this. 
she would normally kill these guys. That is true. You know, instead of having to worry about constantly just fighting people and expecting them to get back up, she probably would just normally kill them. And that'd be one off the list, two off the list, three off the list. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I, I mean, I can having to put that. in extra work to, yeah. and that's what's tying her out. I mean, you see her; she points a gun at one guy, and it clicks. You know, she was uh, ready misfire. to kill. Yeah, absolutely. So she's obviously willing to kill them all, and I think she'd be a better fighter if she was given the the go. The, yeah, the know? green thumb to go ahead and just yeah. murder everybody. Okay, I right. I'm not gonna say that that explains her sloppiness or her lack of energy, but. I'll give her a slight pass. Right. She'll, she'll get a D plus from me for her fighting and stuff. But I like, agree. I just don't like the their fighting necessarily because it just leads to more missed execution and a lot more, I hate to say fakery, but it seems almost like that. I agree. I agree. And then I think we can just kind of focus on the uh, trial for the last part of this besides... Besides we'll jump, the big hole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll jump um, back to that at the end. Yeah, so we get a pretty cool scene where Foggy's trying to come up with an opening statement. I mean, well, right before that, you know, they're trying to preach PTSD, just anything you're right, to have. You're right, I forgot. They, they got to... Just Matt's anything. Matt's actually working on the opening statement. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go PTSD route. Just so they have some kind of defense. Right, just some kind of defense, because all they're planning on doing is reducing the charges. Mm-hmm. So they ask Karen, Karen basically volunteers to go talk to Frank and see if he's okay with PTSD. Which I'm still hating this because I got to figure Reyes has some kind of mole somewhere and is realizing that Karen is doing all this talking. And if she just throws her on the stand, Karen has to spill everything because she's not an attorney. There is no privilege under oath. It's over. I know it ends up working for Reyes in the end, but massive plot hole to me. Yeah. Small rant. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think they're just playing on everybody not thinking about that. Yeah, and they just need to give Karen a little bit more of a role. I understand, but it it's too glaring for me. I've watched th- a lot of Do you dramas. think it's weird that Karen kind of dives in with two feet on all this stuff? No, because I think that she's a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and she's trying to atone for her past. Because we still don't have that big past glooming. Like, they haven't revealed that yet. We got slightly a reveal. Well, what do you mean? When she gets hired at the Bulletin and the old oh, uh, yes, reporter yes. has her file mm-hmm. and it's something about... Uh, they dug, the uh, Ben had dug into her past. Right. And they find out that, I guess it's her brother, mm-hmm. dies in a car accident. Was that what it was? I think so. Yeah. Some kind of... Um, something she did could have led to his death. Because yeah, like. there's, uh, there's a big comic book part of her that is... Uh, very dark and deep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's talking. I mean, they want to give her, get her more involved. And I'm agree. okay with that. But. And I think that, I think she plays pretty well with Frank. I think they do all right. Um, she goes in. He doesn't want to do PTSD. He doesn't want to disparage and insult the soldiers that actually have it. And I, I like how they did that. Oh, I agree. I think this was an excellent play. Um, and once again, it's, it's putting you in the, in the same group that wants to, applaud frank castle for what mm-hmm. he does you know so they're they're putting all this stuff in front of you saying this is a good man you know he's not dishonorable he just i mean he's just bloody out for vengeance yeah so he is a he, vigilante he's not cool with ptsd but he is cool with bringing in his, his old, old co yeah to uh to the be character a, a witness. character witness yeah yeah so and i was happy to see who they chose for this role 
the, love this guy. Great That's, job talking. I love this guy. I mean, he'll always be Hadley from Shawshank Redemption to me, one of the biggest assholes in the world. <laughs> but he is such a good actor. I love seeing him in these little cameos. It's awesome. And then uh, we get back. Foggy's still working on the case. Matt's not there because he's off with Electra. And Karen comes in and she tells him the bad news, no PTSD. And we find out that we might have a wit. Was it a witness that Foggy could destroy? No, this is the doctor. Oh, the medical examiner. The medical yeah, examiner yeah, yeah. says they died from a single bullet. Nice but, and clean, tidy. But Frank has told her that they died from multiple bullet wounds. Very horrible deaths. Some like hand cannons, too. He, well, you remember from his original story at the graveyard, he talked about his daughter's face was gone. Yeah. So, and I mean, I mean, obviously this wasn't a single bullet. It's <laughs> you know, pretty bad stuff. You're talking about exit wounds that are too big for pistols. Um, you know, monstrous weapons put these people down. And obviously multiple weapons. Yeah. So, and as she's telling us this, in my opinion, I, I don't know about yours or any of our listeners out there. This is the opening statement that should have been used, and possibly the strongest Karen moment. Yes. That we've seen in a long time. Um, I mean, I'm very ca- sincere looking. You get this the slowest, slowest pan in into her. You know what I mean? As she's and, speaking and showing those Mediterranean blue eyes. Yeah, mm. those things are insane. Uh. But she gives a really good explanation of like somebody that's constantly reliving the death of her family. And I love how she started with, just close your eyes and imagine. See, I think she's basically talking about herself. Oh, She is probably talking about how she constantly relives the mistakes she made that led to her brother's death. That and possibly the shooting of Fiske's assistant. Yeah, Fisk's probably. assistant. She has a form of PTSD in a way, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, where she constantly relives two horrific things in her past. I'm, re- I'm really liking your theory. Uh, theory it just here. hit me. I don't even know where it came from, but like I said, that, uh, hey. that, that section's pretty fresh in our mind. Yeah, but I, I like it. <laughs> uh, I like that you're going there, but you know, we get that. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just rethinking about it. Absolutely. And then we get to the opening statement. And who who gave that opening statement? Oh, it's Fogman. A little interesting. Right, yeah. right before we jump into that, how did Matt not set an alarm? Yeah, this is garbage. You know, just like, oh, I'm going out with electric tonight. Should probably put the old iPhone on alarm. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Fogman ends up uh, delivering the opening statement. How did you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, this is where I like Foggy. Mm-hmm. This is his, his wheelhouse to me. You know, sometimes he gets a little kooky with his kind of out of left field stuff. Yeah. But when he's in his element, when it's courthouse drama, when it's... 10 seconds on the shot clock, we're, we're needing a bucket. Yeah, when it's talking to Reyes, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature, the legal stuff, this is where he dominates. Do you think that he won the opening statement battle? Or do you think Reyes took a slight, slight win? I don't know. It's hard to say because like you see with the jury selection, everybody's so biased. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can necessarily win. You know what I mean? I think you can only nail down, you know, whatever percentage of the jury thinks that, that direction. So do you think he did that? Yeah, I think so. I think he did a really good job. I'll have to agree with you. I don't think anyone was swayed or anything, but I think he kept everyone on his side. He, he was kept his in. people that were on his side to begin with. Yeah, they, they didn't lose anyone. Um, I mean, that's mainly most of the stuff we get. We get a couple scenes with Matt and Elettra. You know, he's sewing her arm up and fixing her up and stuff. 
Well, uh, right before, we have the Electra bullied the medical examiner, and the medical examiner goes to the stand and has to confess something. But right before he starts confessing, she clear the judge clears the gal the gallery 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 Kill, clears the courtroom basically. Yeah. Why did she clear the courtroom? Because he can be inadmissible as a witness now, depending on what he says. Because if he's been coerced in any way, mm-hmm. he's n- he's not allowed to be on the stand. Okay, so that would have been standard procedure. Yeah, because like? otherwise he would have gone up there and just. Well, it really, he really hurt the the defense. Yeah, I mean, he did, but I was just I felt like the judge had a quick trigger on clearing the courtroom and stuff, or she just felt that panic and was like, "Eh, I should probably." No, I think that's pretty standard. Okay. I mean, when he comes out and says, "I need to make a statement mm-hmm. that you know could change everything," then you clear the court because he can always remake the statement if she's okay with it. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean. It's better to be safe than sorry. Because if it's something huge, the jury could never get that out of their minds. And it was huge. Oh, it was massive. You find out that he has basically been coerced into... Twice. Yes, twice coerced into... Falsifying... Um, first to falsify the evidence... The nice, that, clean, easy death. That, that the castles, castles were, you know, killed just randomly, yeah. blah, blah, with a single bullet, blah, blah, blah. And then we find out he was coerced by Electra to admit this on the stand. To actually admit the truth and everything. And he was more terrified of Electra than he was of the suits and everything. So that goes and says something. Absolutely. And this was a huge backfire for Foggy and Matt. I mean, this is a massive problem. Because mm-hmm. they could have torn this guy apart on the stand in front of the jury. It would have had major weight for them. I don't know if they would have been able to turn him. I really don't. Man, they have the inconsistencies in the files. They can really make him sweat. If anything. Yeah, but I feel like Reyes would have prepped him pretty well. Yeah, but you got to understand, all it takes is the doubt. Okay. You know, reasonable doubt. So, if they can creep any of that doubt into the other jurors, you know. True. No big deal. That's, like I said, they hope it's for a hung jury or whatever. That just means... Yeah, they're, they're shooting for a mistrial. They're not actually trying to prove that he's innocent. Yeah, or just make sure that 100% of the people can't come up with a verdict. Yep. Then they have to go not guilty because it's beyond a reasonable doubt. So, pretty cool. I mean, like you say, you like to see the yeah. courtroom stuff, and but it, bad it, that towards Frank. Like you said, it wrecked the defense's case. Absolutely. And then, you know, we're going to jump back to Daredevil and Electra, And, you know, they fought everybody. And then, lo and behold, we get a giant, giant hole. Yeah, we get a massive hole inside of a warehouse. Was it be a square? Did that kind of throw you off a little bit? Not not really because it made me think of like old ruins or old like old mining like yeah. ancient times mining style, you know where they like the stairs like hewn in a square and you okay. see the holes in it like people live in that spot until they dig deeper live in there until they dig deeper. See you saying it like that makes it a lot more okay with me because it really threw me off being a giant square at the beginning. Oh yeah, no, I think that's mainly to make it. For the stairs purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, to make that nice round stairs be a little more different. <laughs> you know, you got to just, I mean, a square makes it simple. And yeah. like you said, you could put like living quarters basically. So what kind of machine do you think they're using? Oh no, that looks like hand dug. That's what I'm saying. 440 stories hand dug? I mean, if you get enough slaves <laughs> to do what you got to do. These people are immortal ancient beings here. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how long they've been digging. Right. So, basically, that's how the episode ends. Yeah. You get a big hole. Well, it ends with the old flashlight toss. 
Yeah, which I wouldn't give up my flashlight no. for this. Yeah. And him just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, there's no... And like you said, the episode ends. We start the next episode. Ten seconds later, it hit. It finally hit. Yeah. Well, so... We stretched his hearing a lot, but this one was... It was a bit much for me. First off, I think if you drop a flashlight from 40 stories up, what does that take? A couple seconds for it hits the ground? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think it'd take that long. I don't think it'd take that long. But they're waiting for a good 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> I mean, it's just like... Come on now. Let Ooh. it hit. It's getting a little bit... More and more unnatural. Yeah. So was this the dirt in the train car <laughs> that they dug out? <laughs> like, we found your dirt. Yeah, we found the dirt. All right. Um, all right. Next episode. What was this one called? Oh, this was called Guilty as Sin, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that part. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we start off with, like you say, in front of the hole, flashlight finally hits. Then super hearing Matt Murdock hears some Yakuza coming in. Now, or he, I guess there's not necessarily Yakuza. We find out later these are the hand. These are the hand, and he actually struggles hearing them. And exactly. Electra knows why and says they have swords. Listen for those. Right. But he also has a weird thing where he says they don't even have heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And you can't hear anything. Um, pretty cool, but also pretty weird. Like, yeah, I mean, we, and we see him struggle a lot in this fight. Yeah, well, absolutely. Both of them. Both of them. Well, I mean, Electra had been struggling. And then again, you know, here comes that old killing thing that you were talking about. Right before she goes for a kill shot, Matt screams, don't kill him. Yeah, Electra don't. She takes a blade to the stomach. And it happened to be poisoned or something. Very yeah, because when, I, when she first takes the blow, I'm like, that stuff doesn't look that bad. You know, no big deal. Yeah. We saw Nobu cut up Daredevil last season like shish kebab. <laughs> I mean, dude was a little shishibi over there. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. And, and she, she takes, takes one sl- little slice, and I'm like, oh, come on. She can take more than that. She can take more of that. But, of course, we realize later on it's poisoned. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I love that the no-killing thing gets her stabbed and almost killed, and then Stick comes out of nowhere and murders everyone. Makes just kills everyone. Um, with, what was that? Dual katanas, maybe? Dual katanas. But didn't he also have, like, a bow and arrow or a crossbow or something like that? I don't that? think he got the crossbow until they got into the uh, car. Okay. And I got to say, he has better aim than I do point blank at this point in time. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I uh, mean, he is This fire. dude's supernatural. Like, super supernatural. Uh, uh, and they're, they're really, to be turns. honest with you, I don't see even how Murdoch beat this dude's ass in the last season. No. I mean, I didn't realize it was a pretty brutal fight. They both got pretty beat up, Soft but I don't spot. see how this guy ever. No, Stick takes doesn't a lose. <laughs> like he, a he taught him everything he knows, but b he doesn't care about killing, and he's just a better fighter. Yeah, I realize that. If he, I think if he was wanting to kill Murdoch, he would have. He would just killed him anytime. You know what I mean? Like it, I say, Electra can't kill, so she's not up to one hundred percent. Sticks can't kill Murdoch; he's not one hundred percent. Yeah. You know? And um, Murdoch is able to take advantage of that. But do they? Do we go directly up to the apartment where he's trying to take care of her? I believe we go directly. Well, to we the got apartment. a car scene. Yeah, they get to the car and stuff, and, and they're just shooting arrows all over these people. <laughs> we're, we're, it, did you find it interesting that they just had like a certain perimeter and no one passed that? Because I mean, we just get the last as they're driving away. We have the last uh, hand person just looking at them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you can only have so many men, but... You only want so many out there, probably. You know what I mean? No, because, I mean, you want... 
Well, no, that that's that's spoiler s. Never mind. But, <laughs> well, I'm just saying you want. There's a problem with this scene later on, but I would think you want to assume that that the number of people you put out there will be enough. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> I'm more of a throw everything you have at a problem and then worry about the re- repercussions later. I understand what you're saying. But, I mean, they get to Matt's house, and Stick is just throwing out orders left and right. I need baking soda. I need this. I need that. It's for the whiskey. It's for the acid. He's like, make some tea. And so, and, like, the tea was lingering in my head the whole time. I was like, I don't I don't think Just for him to important. drink some tea. <laughs> and, I mean, that part was great. Like, he goes yeah. there. And, you know, Daredevil's all worried. He's like, don't worry. I've seen her take worse. And Matt's, like, sitting there, like, what do you mean? Yeah, how uh, do you know her? And so, like, that's sitting there lingering. He goes in there. He's ruthless. Like, he takes those pliers and just... Needle-nose pliers, stabs it into her wound, and, like, separates her rib. Yeah. Uh, ew. Tough to watch. Pretty brutal. Um, not before I have, have to make her worse, mm-hmm. is what she said. Before he jabs her. Um, and the very exact measurements of his uh, pouring there. A, into the bowl, and then into her body. Yeah, yeah, worked out well actually, um, which was looks like uh, hydrogen peroxide basically because mm-hmm. it just foams up all over and stuff. But pretty cool scene. Um, I gotta say that was and like him drinking the tea was pretty much the only comedy in these three episodes that actually hit for me. Yeah, I there, agree. There's a lot of falling comedy, like you know they're trying to throw things out there. They're like, oh, this will be funny, but it really just wasn't. It was just kind of for just to prevent silence from being in the air. True. True. But we also get interrogation, basically. Matt interrogating. After he sa- after Stick officially saves her and everything. Right. He wants to know how he knows Electra. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn... We get the story of the chase versus the hand. Right. We get the story of the hand, which are an uh, ancient... Um, Organization. We we're not quite sure how old or anything. I don't think they told us. I don't think they told us necessarily, but basically it's the Yakuza, but they are immortal. They have found out how to become immortal. And I liked that Stick ended up, like, Matt was like, oh, okay, your mortality, yeah, that's a real thing. And then Stick just goes, well, you're religious, and doesn't your entire religion revolve around one man being immortal? Being able to pull this off. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly, which was a good stab at him. And I like also that he's kind of like, here we go, one of your stories, you know. And you always have these stories. You always have these convenient things that play in your favor. Absolutely, absolutely. And then... He, you know, he starts to talk about the Chaste, which is the group that's been fighting the Hand for so long. The enemies. Right. That they created. And he's telling a story, and basically Matt figures, oh, you're the guy in the story. The one that saw his whole family murdered by the Hand yeah. and all this stuff. And he's like, see, so yeah, that's why I didn't tell you. I knew you wouldn't believe me. Do you think Stick is that person? I don't think so. I think it goes back older. Yeah, because I look at... If you remember last season, and they never explained it, remember Stick coming in and talking to a massive-backed human being? Yes. This dude's back was enormous, and he had long hair, and he said something like, the time has come or something. Terrifying like human being. Yeah. Dude if enormous. he is a human being at this yeah, point. I'm curious. Because um, we've thrown a lot of mysticism in this season and everything, and I'm excited to see where that goes. If they bring in any mortals, they can basically bring in anything. True. And it's not like Daredevil didn't face other like mutants and things of that nature in the comic books. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sees the likes of Ghost Rider and things of that nature. So anything's basically possible at this point now. 
But he throws stick out. You know. Yeah, well, he wants Electra to make the decision of him or stick. You know, he goes in, starts t- caring for Electra and saying, you know, you don't have to, you can fight Stick's battle, but you don't have to fight his way. Exactly. He's like, you know, I love you. You love me. We both broke Stick's rule and fell for each other. He's willing to now take on the fight with Elektra mm-hmm. against the hand, but he won't do it under Stick. So he's asking her, basically, like you're saying, to switch allegiance to him, fight his way, not Stick's way. Yeah. And lo and behold, she eventually does choose Matt and kick Stick out. Yeah, exactly. And this seems tough to me. She is, as a matter of fact, I think the show did a good job of not making it as simple as that. Mm -hmm. I think she is torn. I think she does want to be with Matt. But we find out later she's just not. Well, the doesn't seem to be capable of <laughs> of not being herself. No, she is capable of being herself, but there's still one massive twist that needs to be revealed mm-hmm. that explains the rest of her story. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. And so, well, for now, we'll leave it at this, but we can easily come back to that. And now, I think we just go. You know, we're gonna rewind a bit and go back into the courtroom. All right, Frank's story, basically. Okay, so we get. First is character witness, right? Yeah. Well, or is it first the doctor? doctor. First okay. is the doctor. First we get a doctor who's a brain doctor and who says... They switched from PTSD to EED. Extreme, I believe. Extreme, extreme emotion. emotional disorder. Right. Now this just means if you've had something horrific happen to you that you can no longer tell right from wrong at the moment when you lose control. Yeah, it combines PTSD with... Uh, let's just say insane. Kinda, yeah. Well, I mean, no longer tell right from wrong is the insanity plea. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got the insanity plea tied in with PTSD, giving you EED. Yeah. Okay. And they're trying to explain all this. You get a cool scene where Frank leans over to Karen and says, sounds a lot like PTSD. Yeah. You know? um, And then also, you know, this was around the time I started noticing Reyes's face during the court. Yeah, she's very shaken. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. She looks constipated half the time, like you were saying before we started, and just very yeah. ghost pale. Yeah, she uh, she seems very concerned that she's losing the case, and you know this is the case to make her career. Yeah, I mean, she's she's put everything in. It's bust or nothing. Right, so the fact that Foggy appears to be kind of getting the better of her right now is starting to show. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be this this lowly law firm, you know, that can't even keep their team together, you know, for time to court, and he's still winning. Yeah, you know. So I like this. Like I said, like seeing Foggy in his element. Uh, we also get a nice character witness, the Colonel. You know, your, your boy from Shawshank, right? Shawshank Colonel, who ends up being the guy from the story that he calls himself a jackass, <laughs> who got his arm blown off. We well, find it, out that Frank, Frank, in order to save his his buddies basically takes himself into a guaranteed losing situation only to drive off the bad guy. So a helicopter can land and save his friends. I I don't think he drove them off. I think he murdered every single one of them. Well, no, the plan was to just drive them off. Yeah. But instead he killed 32 insurgents. Like it was all of this. (laughs) You know, they come out expecting to see Frank dead and no chopper. They they hear chopper step out and they just see Frank there laughing. Yeah. He's smiling and laughing. 
Uh, uh, he's on the beach drinking a Mai Tai. Yikes. Uh, this is a hugely far-fetched story. Yes. Uh, 32 people armed um, against Frank. You know, it leads me to think that he's being underplayed in the... Co- or The Punisher we're seeing isn't the Frank that we need. Yeah, the Punisher's way more violently brutal and <laughs> much more skilled than we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, th- 32 people. Him just shooting through an open wall, killing a bunch of Irishmen is pretty low-key based on what yeah, he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's a cool scene. I, like I said, love seeing old Hadley back in the stand and stuff like that. Really cool. Exactly. And then Reyes tries to, you know, poke a couple holes. He's like, hey, do you know what my father told me about medals? And that's one of the things I hate. It's like, of course we don't. There's exactly a 0% chance that we have any clue what he told yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And she was like, well, unless you were there, it could be anything or something along those lines. And he goes, oh, did, did I not tell you everything? That leader was me. Yeah, I'm the stupid ass that was arm blown off. Uh, and she was Really cool like, twist. And she was just like there, shocked. You know, and she's foot into mouth. <laughs> Goes talks to her ADA. She's <laughs> like, it was all redacted. That's ugly. Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that this guy's coming down on her, though. Yeah. For her shitty play, basically. Well, because he's starting to notice that I kind of need to distance myself. Because even if we win this case, it might not go to where we think it is. True. Very true. And so, um, I mean, that was very interesting. And then... They're wanting Frank on the stand. Did you think that this was a mistake? No, not really, because I think he wanted to talk to him and tell him to admit that he sees his family die constantly. So you think that by getting Frank on the stand, it's going to help their case for EED? It's going to be the sympathy card that they need. Okay. You know, it's going to be like, hey, what would you do if you saw the worst moment of your life all the time, repeated constantly? You know, you would want to either kill yourself or take vengeance on the people that, you know, caused this horrible moment. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's just really no point in denying that he murdered everybody. Let him go ahead, own up to that, right. and then try to push this down their throats. Which he finally agrees to. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I in, in that light, I can see it. Because I didn't like him going on the stand at the beginning. Just you need because him. anything could have happened, but... You need him for the sympathy vote. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And but on his way to the stand, one of the corrections officers whispers something to him. So it says a little whispers a little birdie into his ear, you Remember know, Remember what re- you want or something like That's that. That's what was said. Remember yeah. what you want. And at first it looks like maybe he just didn't give a shit what this guy said to him. Yeah. But then he just totally tanks his own case. And Matt kind of hears it and is worried, but goes right. on with it, you know. Gets to treat him as hostile, and that lets him just talk however he wants. And he goes on and fully admits that the Punisher did all of this. You know, deserves to be in jail and everything, but doesn't deserve to be murdered. And yeah. he tries, and like you said, he's pumping up the sympathy. Yeah, absolutely. But it, but Frank just you know completely undercuts him with. You know, this is all bullshit. I really wanted uh, him to have a tie in this moment or a bow tie or anything that he could have just completely undone. Just loosened and yeah. just like. He's like, right. you know what? I'm going from Frank <laughs> to the Punisher. The charade's over. Yeah. You know, uh, he said, I loved every minute of it. You know, I loved killing him. I don't regret anything. I know I exactly what I was doing. If I had to do it again, I would. 
And it's like, you want to call me, you say I punish people and I'm the punisher. Oh, I'm your punisher. Yeah. Well, fine. That's true. I am the punisher. I want to change my plea. I'm guilty. Yeah. Guilty is sin, I believe, is he saying like the entire way out. Right. So we, we get him exited from the courtroom. Basically, the case is over. But and I think during all this, we might have skipped over it, but we had a Karen and Matt scene where Karen is talking about almost feeling sympathetic for the Punisher and saying at least he gets the job done. We At least we know what he does works. Right. She's kind of like that half jury mm-hmm. where it's like... Well, she's in the middle. She's not necessarily saying... Yeah, she doesn't totally agree, but she understands the results yes you know and it's hard to argue with them so she's kind of torn between the two as well and then she kind of downplays daredevil in the same sentence yeah she's saying you know he doesn't necessarily measure up you know what he does isn't necessarily and he may have killed people that we don't know of which if you've been listening to us he's got a high kill count yeah whether he knows it or not yeah it gets a little bit higher in this three episode (laughs) Uh, yeah, just a small scene, but this is the first tension we get between Matt and Karen. Yeah, and we Karen, see. he asked Karen basically to leave, given the excuse, I'm tired, it's a big day tomorrow, Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also, you know, this goes back to the first time we were introduced to Electra. he didn't know that she was in the house for a while. You know, Karen goes and he immediately turns around and is waiting on Electra. knows that she's there. And so that just goes back to me not liking Electra's introduction. Yeah. Just, you know, the sloppy writing, in my opinion, for that part. I agree. I agree. When, At what point does Karen walk in and see Stick and Elektra? That's in the next episode, I believe. It can't be, because this is the episode where Elektra picks Matt and tells him to leave. Okay, so that was... The- this was the beginning of the episode, then at the close to the end of the episode, Karen shows up. Because he oh, missed court. No, or no, because him and Foggy are fighting. Foggy wants Matt to interrogate Frank. And Karen goes to tell him. Exactly. exactly. And she walks in on them. And the fact that she blows up in this instance was weird to me. Because, you know, Electra's in bed, fully clothed, with bandages. Sticks in the living room. Matt's talking to him. And like it didn't seem like a real reason to blow up. Like I mean, you couldn't say that it was cheating. There was another person. Yeah, I know, but women are fickle, emotional creatures. They uh, okay. Anytime you, if a woman came in and saw another woman in your bed, you'd right. they'd lose it. Rightfully so, most of the time. I mean, Electra <laughs> is beautiful. So exactly, exactly. She's kind of intimidatingly gorgeous. So all right, so we got that scene, but this is also where we end up. Electra chooses yeah. Matt. And we've already kind of hit on that, saying that... Tells Stick to leave. Uh, but this is where also where Matt comes home, kind of disheveled, pissed off, because him and Foggy have had a row. Well, and was... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Remember, because after Frank tanks the case, they yeah. go at it in the hallway. And yeah. then he calls him into the bathroom, actually, and they go at it. And then... Matt comes home. Matt and Karen kind of go at it a little bit. And Matt comes home, kind of pissed off, but he finds Electra has stayed and has chosen him. And then uh, we, we hear kind of a whoosh, I believe. Yeah, you hear a little something. But he shuts the door and then he takes a nasty arrow to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't see it at first, I guess, like where it hit him. It looked but, like right through the shoulder above the heart. Yeah, I thought it was closer into his chest, so I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty mortal wound. Oh, when he first took that arrow, the first time I watched it, I thought he died. Yeah. I, I thought they just kill, killed him. But it looks like it was really close to his armpit mm-hmm. is what it ended up being. So, And he fought with that arrow in him for a good little while. This is actually pretty good choreography. Mm-hmm. The fact that the arrow gets cut off at his back or at his chest, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, it was broken off and stuff like that, and they're still fighting, and they go at it. I mean, he took a couple landings on that arrow. Yeah, this is a pretty brutal fight. Um, Electra was uh, thrown to the side very weakly and useless exactly. in this fight. And as much as he had a upper hand against several of these hand characters at the hole, mm-hmm. this one single hand member puts a damn beating on him. And as we find out, it's just a kid. Yeah, a kid, less than 20 years old, it looks like. Um he, it's weird because he realizes that when he pulls his mask off and his heart rate, he starts hearing his heart and he's like, no way. He like knows it's a young man's heart, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that part didn't sit well with me, but I mean, yeah, they I just. that works. But immediately Electro walks out, slits his throat. Out of nowhere. Pretty brutal stuff for Marvel. I mean, that was, like, you see like the vocal cords, like it's like opening up. I was, oh, blood just spraying out. Pretty rough. All over Matt, and she's just laughing, giddy that she just slit this little kid's throat. This is who I am, basically. Loved it. Yeah, this was pretty cool. I like this. And this shows you that she has a ruthless idea of like what to do with these people. Yeah. Like you take no chances with the hand. You just slaughter them. That's that chase mentality stick side. Right, right. So we end yeah. up... We end up Punisher going to jail. He's walking through the thing. The CEO grabs a hold of him. And lo and behold, Fisk is pulling some strings. Right. So we find out the reason the whisper was done was because... Fisk wanted it done. Frank intended to meet with Fisk. Or did he know? I don't think Frank knew. Maybe not. Maybe the the guy told him that we know some stuff about your... The guy no, who killed your family or something. I don't think he told him any of that. When he just said those words, I think he was meaning you want to be in Gen Pop. You know, you want to be able to fight as many of these people as possible. Maybe so. That was kind of mixed they, messages going on there. I mean, there's a lot of jumping to conclusions with how that yeah. was worked out and stuff. But anyway. Either way, we get to see Frank meet the king. Well, not the kingpin at the time. Yeah, we get to see Wilson Fisk. Fisk. <laughs> and... It, Beautifully done introduction. I believe he's bench pressing 495 pounds. About 495. Uh, <laughs> just laying it on his chest and then throwing it up, too. Impressive pause. Uh, but, I mean, we were talking. It was like, I know two and a halfs look very, like, womanish and whatnot. But a little chintzy, we, but dang. Can, can we just not make it 500? Just make <laughs> it the even five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. Every time Fist punches somebody, it should kill him. Yes. Um, Great introduction, though, again. Absolutely. I'm really happy to see him. And then uh, we just jumped straight into episode nine. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, that was the end, and this was called Seven Minutes in Heaven. And we, Which we, the Seven Minutes in Heaven is a badass scene from Daredevil. And we will get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we get to see Fisk kind of dealing with the internal kingpin in the prison. We're seeing Fisk struggle, really, for the first time. Right, but he's also not trying to make any moves. He's trying to let this kingpin guy, like, I'm going to lay low. 
I don't care. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to let the kingpin, you know, run the prison and everything so Fisk could sit back. Let his lawyers do the thing. And get him out ASAP. Right. Um, We find out he's a little low on funds. Um, Vanessa's got enough to keep her safe for a while. But you can't take anything otherwise. I I think she was beyond safe. I I think she's living very comfortably wherever she is. Oh, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she is. But... Other than her funds, he doesn't have much. No, he's we're not quite sure what he spent it on because at this point he wasn't really buying people. It wasn't or anything. that he was the government seized his money. Okay, the lawyer tells him that the basically the police took your money. Um, what the, what you weren't able to put in overseas accounts and um, give to Vanessa, and what you didn't give to Vanessa. So okay. he has a little bit of money. Um, you see him buy a little influence in this episode. Yeah, like he uh, met a friend. And he was telling them, like, you know, they bring in, what, like 80% of all the stuff? Right, right, right. And he does the smart thing, talks, what, who on the outside do they need taken care of and takes care of them? Yeah, one of them's mom and one of them's grandmother, grandmother you know, or sister, something. Yeah. whatever. Either way, he gets, basically he has three helpers now. And his interest is piqued at the fact that this kingpin inside the king, inside the prison is able to make such moves while he's behind bars. He's learning a lot from them from afar. Right. He owns an entire group of guards on a cell block. Um, he brings in loads of money, huge masses of of drugs into the prison. And you really can't get in any more trouble because, A, you're in prison, and you have the perfect alibi. Absolutely. And if you're a lifer, you know, you're never getting out. Why not? Why not just run the prison, you know, if you could? If you could make moves like that, Absolutely. Uh, you've seen this actor billions of times and other stuff. I just can't think of his name. Not, not for the life of me. <laughs> but I was excited to see him because I knew he was going to do a good job. And even though he had a very short run, you know, what one episode? Yeah. I mean, we didn't actually see him die. But we see Fisk eating a nice dinner next to him yeah. as he's fading away <laughs> uh, on a breathing tube and whatnot. Um okay. I mean, I guess I got to ask, how did you feel about him calling himself Kingpin? And this is where we get the introduction of that name for Fisk. Well, not really, because Fisk got the name last season. Because that's why he comes at him. He says, there can only be one Kingpin in here. True. Um, True. And Fisk is like, look, I don't want, you know, I don't want your title. You know, that whole scene. I like it. You know, I hope it kind of sticks. You know, kind of like we got the castle now. He's The Punisher is his name now. Yeah, well, I mean, we've I think we've done a pretty good job of declaring when he's Frank versus when he's Punisher. True. And now I think he's purely Punisher. Yeah, that's all he is now. I still like calling him Frank because calling him the Punisher is really strange to me. Fair. For some reason. I don't hey, know. You do you. Um, we get the conclusion of Matt and Electra. Um, Matt's basically telling her... You gotta go. We're you, corrupting each other. We're I corrupting don't like- each other. I can't deal with how you kill... Uh, this is obviously you, mm-hmm. and you can't change it. So we got to break this off. So pretty savage on his part. After he's already cut all ties with everybody else. Absolutely. I mean, he's lost all friends at this point. Um, so pretty cool. Well, yeah, it is all good stuff. And I, I didn't like that he just kind of threw her off, but it advances it advances the story. But in a way, unless he throws her off, he'll never be able to get back into good ties with Foggy and Karen even either. Do you think he wants to, though, at this point? 
right now I think he's trying to put the distance between him. Yeah, I don't think he wants really any relationships. I think he's super confused. Because, I mean, you know, Foggy tries to come and save their relationship in a way. He's like, you know, I think we kind of need to take a break, reevaluate where we are. And he was just like, look. I think we need to take some time. Yeah, like Foggy was like trying to be talked into it. And he was like, I'm going to take this out. Like, no, go ahead, run away. Yeah, absolutely. And Foggy like, was just well, kind of... Where we where Matt really lays the the hammer down. He's mm-hmm. like, I am not gonna stop being Daredevil. So yeah, if like, you can't deal with that, then maybe we don't need to be partners. I was like, I came to talk to Matt, my friend, not the vigilantes. Like we're the same thing. Yeah, one of the same. So and like one thing I found interesting in that he was like, you can't create this own danger and then save us and then saying you're being a hero, and. I think Foggy and Karen and all everyone's kind of looking at it wrong, and he doesn't think he's a hero. You know, he's not. I think he's just trying to do the best he can. Yeah, like I mean, I don't think he views himself as a hero or anything. I think he just. Oh yeah, and he never goes out for accolades of any kind. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's a tough situation because the legal side is important to Foggy and to Matt. Yeah, but he is neglecting his legal side and his friendships. For this vigilante stuff. He's keeping the legal side at the base principle of I, I can't murder. And I, I honestly, if that wasn't one of the uh, Ten Commandments or something, I think he'd be killing everybody. Probably so. You Probably know, the, so. the huge Catholic guilt. The, the Catholic guilt thing has really got to him. Um, I, I, I'm going to hit on a couple little things. Karen goes to the newspaper. Yeah, she becomes a full-time employee. Basically, she takes over Ben's office. This is where we got the little tiny hint of her backstory. Mm-hmm. Ben had did a file on Karen. Something she did led to an accident where her brother died. Yep. We're assuming. It doesn't say her brother, but it's. I'm, it, I'm thinking it's her brother. Because they keep throwing little things in about her brother. It, it makes the most sense that it's going to be a family issue. Right, and, and... I mean, he hires her full-time, you know, because she wants... She's like, you know, he's in jail, the story's dead, and the editor is, no. Like, thing, my phone is ringing off the hook, and that means that we're hitting something right. Right. And so she gets rejuvenated, you know, wants to go back in it. They go find the medical examiner, mm-hmm. and boom, he confirms that Frank was the uh, Joe... Yeah, the John Doe. John Doe. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... It's cool to see her doing this stuff. Like I said, it's still kind of strange that she jumps in two, head, two feet, you know? Yeah, I mean, at least it fits her personality, you know, just both feet in at all times. I think it does now. When we first meet her and stuff like that, she seemed pretty scared and stuff like that. Well, I mean, she was given holding how the, she was introduced. Yeah, agreed, agreed, but... You know, I, I'm glad to see her doing this. I like seeing her have a bigger role and stuff. But. They're making her very strong, which I do like. I haven't necessarily agreed with how they've done it at all times. Right. But they're at least making that a consistent part of her character. All right. All right. Let's move on to the awesome stuff. Yeah. Just jump right uh, back into what we love about this season, which is the Punisher. Yeah. Fisk gives the Punisher an ultimatum, basically. Well, do you think that it could be viewed that uh, Fisk is playing... Frank is a fiddle at this point. In a way, I think he's using his vengeance card, you know, Frank's vengeance card against yeah. him. He's like, I can put a guy that was there when your family was massacred. Yeah. And as you're massacred, 
and uh, in front of you. So if if you can play that card, you know you'll get Frank's gourd up. You know what I mean? But Frank stays calm the entire time. And, you know, I think that he thinks all the way through it and then comes to the rational decision that what I want is more important than necessarily going against morals because I'm still killing the people that I want to kill. Oh, definitely. And so, like, I don't think he's necessarily being played. I I think he makes a rational decision that sometimes you got to make a deal with the devil. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Because obviously he doesn't want to help Fisk Fisk, because he knows he's just like the people he's Mm -hmm. been killing. But then Fisk um, comes back with the, you know, the high tide rises all ships. Right. But we also get a cool thing where, you know, Castle's like, the next time I see you, you know, you'll be yeah. dead. You know what I mean? So at least we know they're not going to be friends. No. You know, even though he gets kind of played towards the end here. Right now they're just cordial. Right. Because so, Fisk no, he somehow put together that the mob, the Irish mob, the dogs of hell, dogs of hell and the cartel. the cartel were the people at the carousel that did all this to him and that the kingpin bannett i think his name's bannett we'll call it, we can call him whatever bannett. yeah bannett the kingpin inside the prison is the guy that orchestrated that drug deal exactly all right and so that's how he ends up convincing uh punisher to help him out exactly and he sends him he says got guaranteed access to the cell block guaranteed access to him and a ship go get your information that's all he tells him goes down there to talk to him give they do give him a shiv which basically means get your information and then kill him for me yeah because i need to run this spot this is all i could get you but from what i've heard you'll manage yeah yeah so really badass scene we find out that bennett did set up the deal but it was a sting operation. Yeah, we found out it's a sting operation by the FBI and everything, and they were after the blacksmith. Yes, who was smart enough to know not to come. He sniffed it out somehow. We're, we're yeah. not sure where he got his information or anything. but Exactly, exactly. And there was an undercover cop there mm-hmm. who gets wasted in the yeah. whole scene. Everybody got right. wasted in that scene. And I think this is where the whole Reyes thing could play in later on. I, I know you can't tell me anything, but I feel like this is where her dirty hands are involved. So you're starting to smell some things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, but and then he we, shivs him. He shivs him. Well, he shivs two people before we got in there. So true, true. He uh, we're, we're at three. His cellmates take a pretty <laughs> nasty uh, death, and then shivs this dude in the gut. Mm-hmm. Now we find out later he didn't just die right then and there. No. But as Frank's walking out and walking down the cell block, we see Fisk on the upper balcony say, I appreciate your service, <laughs> you know. And then you see the guards open up every cell on the yeah. block. Your services have been rendered. You're no longer needed. Yeah. And obviously the, everybody on this block is underlings of the prison kingpin that yeah. he just stabbed. And one part I always have a problem with is, why are people still willing to risk their lives for a boss that's been murdered? I don't know why, you're not, why you're, that loyalty is there. You're no longer getting paid. There's nothing else that they can do for you. Why Why risk your life? I don't know. That, that's like I something, said, these are lifers, so what do they care, I guess? you know. 
oh, I would still like to continue to be a lifer. Yeah, and be paid while I'm there with yeah. whatever it is I like. I mean, I can switch my loyalty to Fisk at this point. But screw all that. This is the best fight scene. I mean, the choreography was great. The stunt work was great. And there's actually a great stuntman in there, Ed Heavey, who we Ooh. recently did a, uh interview with. Absolutely. I know it wasn't even for this show. Y'all did it for, for Outsiders. Outsiders, you know, just a little bit of his career and everything. And he was one of the stuntmen who got brutally murdered by the Punisher, and we loved it. Yeah, absolutely. This is a brutal fight. Just absolutely epic brutal. This was either my favorite fight scene of the series or my second favorite right behind Nobu. Yeah, this is on up there. Definitely on up there. I mean, I'm just, putting at least, at minimum, top three. Yes. Um, this is hand-to-hand. There's a couple little shivs in there. Throw in your body, like, because like, he's seeing people come in, and he's like, he did this one where he, like, rolled his shoulder in a person, rolled over him, and then as he was coming back up, shivs someone in the throat. Yeah. And- horrible. Horrible stuff. And the thing I like the most is these people weren't just, like, immediately dead. No. You see them writhing on the ground, like, taking their last breaths and stuff. It and, like, some awesome. trying to get back up, like, finding anything that they could use yeah, as a absolutely. weapon. It was like, I can make it. Oh, good. Well, you see, it's down. cool. These guys are coming out with uh, prison-made hatchets. Yes. That are, like, parts of their bed frames and soap they've carved. And <laughs> just anything. Like, very creative people in Oh, prison. absolutely. It's Well, you got nothing but time to be creative. Uh, <laughs> That's where those lifers come into handy. But, you know, he's not untouched. He gets some pretty nasty beatings in. The last yeah. dude just pummels his head. Oh, I mean, he, he got some hits in there. Yeah, we find out freaking Frank Castle and Matt Murdock have something in common. They could take a hit and get back up. Yes, because, I mean, um, he took a couple hits to the old concrete wall. Well, he's like getting his head punched on one side, which is then smashing into the concrete wall on the other side. Yes. I mean, pretty brutal stuff, man. And then there's some bone snapping, and then there's some neck breaking. Blood Dude squirting. gets the classic that you see in all movies where he just kind of, you know, just oh, snaps the neck. Yeah. Like you know? He's, as he's looking at everybody else, still coming out of their cells, like... Sound crew production. Oh, fully uh, guys nailed it. Like guys, y'all y'all deserve a shout out. Y'all <laughs> murdered it in a way. Absolutely, it was so well done. And I'll tell you the truth, I'll have to go back to look at the interview guy Ed to see which character he was because you know I I wasn't paying attention. I was just blinded yeah. by the I was violent badassery and the, there was so much blood. Uh, it, it was hard oh, to tell. Man. But so yeah, after he eventually walks over all his victims covered in blood it's crazy his face is literally just red mm-hmm. not like spatter it's just like like a coverage bucket of paint was just yeah, dumped on exactly. top of him so very brutal and i love how the police walked they're coming in with their shields and everything batting on it they yeah. throw the couple tear gas grenades and he's just standing there like he's like well you you would you would throw some tear yeah. gas in here you know yeah just uh, fully accepting it yeah so he gets drug out and pulled into a holding cell that's mm-hmm. i guess what i'm looking at they kind of pan away for a little bit. We talked about all the other scenes they pan to. Yeah. But Fisk comes back in and to talk to him. I got to say, I love the way Fisk fights. Fisk fights like a silverback silver gorilla. gorilla. That, exactly. that was my exact thought. Like He threw two immediate like backhands yeah. that just destroyed him right off the bat. He does that thing where you punch you know, with a, with a hook, mm-hmm. but then you immediately come back with the same hand backhanding. 
Beautiful. Um, and then he also get you know he slams him on the table and he starts gorilla pounding him <laughs> just like over the apes. Over, like I two mean, or three times like he's dead. Yeah, you just crushed his ribcage in. You can bench press five hundred pounds. You just killed that man. <laughs> and I mean, Punisher got one or two punches and like he stumbled a little bit, but it was just like okay. I think at one point it said was that the best you got, <laughs> and then he got gorilla pounded. Yeah. Um. So he gets up, which is amazing. Because your ribs are basically through your lungs at this point. Like we said, he could take a beating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Fisk kind of surprises him. He's like, gets the guards to stand down. He says, I'm releasing you. Yeah, he's like, plans change. Like, I, I thought the stories about you were fake. You know, yeah. I, I didn't think that they could be, be believed. You can clearly handle your business. But And once you find somebody of your talents. Yeah, you, you don't let them go. Yeah. And do you think this was a mistake? Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, Punisher clearly has no love for him or anything. No, there's no loyalty here. So, I think he, I think him standing down literally from this fight was mm-hmm. the the last chance Fisk has. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the one time I won't attempt to kill you. Well, cause, well, he attempted to kill him and it backfired horribly. Right, but he was still standing. So, he could have kept Somehow, trying. Somehow, yeah. yeah. Um, but we got a cool scene. Actually... I say a cool scene. Not my favorite shot of John Bernthal in a oversized police SWAT no. shield, you know, helmet. He looks really stupid in that helmet. And just the fact that he was able to use that to just walk out of the prison as the most recognizable human being on this planet. Absolutely. And he walks right out and he steps into a car. And Mike, you just where you really tell his face has been brutally beaten since episode two. Yes. And it gets worse and worse every episode. He looks, I mean, he's like, I don't know, like bruised fruit. I mean, it's <laughs> brutally bad. It's not good. Uh, his eyes are all puffy. He's got black eyes and bruises everywhere, cuts. I mean, he's got fresh black eyes on top of old black eyes. and Yeah, his black eyes have black eyes. <laughs> um, and it's great. But I love it. But anyway, one of my favorite scenes leading into yeah. another kind of cool scene. And I feel like we've missed the point of where Daredevil added to his kill count with the uh, Reed Bar and all that. But yeah, I, I really, stuff. I don't want to miss because we have like, a, I think we're up to like 12 people that he's actually murdered this season. Well, there's definitely about three or four broken necks from being thrown down flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. Um and then some other ones that you're right. But Absolutely. I, and then that scene alone, he had the Reed Bar guy that he hit full force. And then there was another guy who he was punching, almost like Punisher S style, fist, meat head, head, meat concrete. Yeah, absolutely. And there's about seven or eight punches. Just in like that. bouncing it off like a punching bag, you know, just, just mm-hmm. pummeling him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I but just what, wanted to sneak that in there. We get the accountant. The accountant we've seen yes. since early this season. Um, he goes, gets him. We find out the accountant's son's been kidnapped. That's why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. He said that those guys that were. Like with him at his truck, they weren't guarding me, or they weren't protecting me. They were guarding, guarding my me. whereabouts, basically, mm-hmm. um, because he's so important. He knows too much, and the fact that if anything happens to him, they kill his son. Yeah. So I mean, they've got it all wrapped up nice and tidy, right? But Daredevil's like, "Where's your son? I'll free him for you." Um, so you'll talk. He's like, "He's at the farm." Okay, the farm. You automatically assume this is a drug farm. They're, yeah. They're growing some kind of crop in here that's bad, like opium heroin or, heroin or anything. Whatever. Right. Now, this is a blood farm. Yeah. Vampires uh, are about. Yeah. So, he knocks out a couple guys. 
gets access to the farm, talks to the old lady, and hears like, he's like, "I hear blood." Yeah, this is that's which is ridiculous. He hears some churning liquid, and he's like, "That's blood." Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're able to just take his leaps with him. Yeah, I guess so. He's very supernatural at this point. Uh, go downstairs. It's people in cages being siphoned, their blood being siphoned out into this tomb-looking thing. That we assume was what was back in episode 7 inside that train. And the accountant's son is in one of these cages. The accountant comes down, frees his son. Daredevil's over there. He's unlocking cages, pulling another person out. And we hear a creepy little voice say, those weren't finished yet. And lo and behold, it's a ninja in a suit. All right, he's just wearing the mask, but otherwise, he's in a black suit. And he comes through just beating the fire out of Daredevil. Pulls out some familiar weapons, too. Yeah, absolutely. We finally get a chain drop with the blade on the end of it, and it's like, hold up. (laughs) I could have sworn I saw you melt. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he starts blading them up. Daredevil kind of keeps him at bay, Mm -hmm. but then he pulls his mask down, and it's no boo, but he's burnt up pretty bad they did a good job on making him absolutely he looked really good um daredevil says i watched you die and what does he say there's no such thing or something along those lines leading to immortality basically saying that nobu is a part of the hand Mm -hmm. and is aware of how to make himself immortal or is already immortal and can heal himself drastically and they get that tomb and he throws it into the elevator all right, and they go upstairs, downstairs. Okay. Down, I think downstairs. I think uh, down. Anyway, cut to black. Yeah. Basically, Nobu is the big reveal. So I mean, we had a lot of big reveals. A lot happened in these three episodes. Like we Absolutely. said, the the plot moved. Yeah, I mean, courtroom's done. You know, that stuff's over with. Punisher's guilty. Uh, we get the whole prison. He's already out of prison. He's back on the street. So yeah. we got that to deal with now. We get... Nobu's back. The hand is in full force. We don't know what's in that tomb. Uh, Nelson and Murdoch are at opposite ends of the spectrum now. Karen's and out of the picture, kind of, kind of doing her own thing with the newspaper. Electra chose Matt, lost Matt. Yeah, Electra's flip flopped, and now I'm assuming we'll go back to Stick. Um, Maybe I, 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 he left, so we don't know where he's at. We're not sure where he's at yet. Um, so and hell yeah, a ton of stuff in three episodes. My mouth is really tired of talking. About it. <laughs> Um, this is about as in-depth as we've gotten into three episodes, probably. And, I mean, that, that's about all I got for this one. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We're going to cut it right there. Please um, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, Bleed TV Podcast, or email us at bleedtvpodcast at gmail. Definitely, uh, definitely. And, like I said, we they had the full interview with the stuntman from this season Eddie and uh, from The Outsiders. Definitely hit that up and give that a listen. This guy was really kind enough to come on yeah, and, and do uh, an interview with us. Also, the 22 push-up challenge and PTSD, those are real. Just look into those. Absolutely. Um, But until next time, guys, I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And later.